Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to the season three finale of 12 Days Pod. I'm Dan Takaki, and I'm joined here with my co-host, partner, fiance, and member of the Council of Legendary Figures, Baby New Year herself, Karazalaya. It's me. I'm the Baby New Year. Baby New Year. Everyone knows that about me. Baby New Year wasn't in the movie, so I figured that's you. That's me. We are getting married New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Not this year. No. Next year. Next year. Yeah. That would be too much if it was this year. Too much. We'd be too busy. Too busy. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast. One that is so seasonal that it's only relevant for 12 weeks of the year which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies, so we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So, let's get into it. Kara, dear, what are we talking about this week? So this week, we are taking a look back at the third installment in the Santa Claus series of movies and now television shows, Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Starring once again, Tim Allen as the titular Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, I hate when you do that. <laughs> now, we both anticipated that this movie would not be good. Not good at all. Which no. is a correct thing to anticipate. Mm-hmm. But what did you think this movie was going to be about? So I knew going into it that Martin Short was in it and he played Jack Frost. And that he was like the main foil to Santa in this. And that the subtitle was Escape Clause. Yeah. So I assumed that there was escaping that needed to happen. Sure. So I figured Martin Short would try and find a way to get Tim Allen to stop being Santa. Yeah. Also, I thought Charlie would be embarrassed about his dad still being Santa, which might have been a thing that happened in the second movie. Yeah, maybe. But that does not happen. You don't remember this. the second movie. No, Charlie was barely, barely in this in movie. This. I also remember when this movie came out in the mid-early 2000s because it was one of those movies that they would highlight on the height of Disney Channel. they do all those like behind-the-scenes yeah. movie commercials. It was like the Disney Channel Surfers or something. Movie Surfers. Movie Surfers. Oh, uh, we should be Movie Surfers for Halloween one year. Wow. <laughs> and I remember they covered this one a lot. Yeah, they sure uh, did. We also knew that Bernard was not in this one. A tragedy. David Crummels is missing. I know. Spencer Breslin did not cut it. No, he does not. No. What about you? What did you think this movie was going to be about? I thought that Santa would want to quit. Tim Allen Santa would want to quit being Santa and that Charlie was going to take over as Santa. But he can't because of what I thought would be maybe like an age clause, Mm -hmm. you know? And they would find a way around that clause using their magic magnifying glass that we saw in the first movie. Yeah. Also... That there'd be some sort of like acknowledgement or joke as to why Bernard is not around. Mm -hmm. Not at all acknowledged. Nope. Nightmare scenario. Not even a little bit. None of what I said happened. (laughs) Literally none. Literally none. But like the magnifying glass thing was used to sort of like zoom in Mm -hmm. on the contract of the clause of being Santa Claus, like the legal clauses. So we saw the magnifying glass. In this one? No, we saw that in the first two. Oh, okay. But it wasn't used in this one. Never did we see any contractual thing in the third movie. It was just spoken about. Yeah. So what, now we can just do oral clauses? What is this? I don't know. I, I need to know, to all of you lawyers listening to the pod, I know there's like half a dozen of you. Does this hold up in North Pole court? I mean, if it's written in the contract, then probably. But, but this one isn't, is my point. Well, that we see. Well, yeah, but why wouldn't they show it? I don't know because 
Santa is the one with the contract. Everyone knows that these are very popular among legal scholars. Duh. True. <laughs> You're right. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what actually does happen in this movie? So this movie, unlike the other episode we put out today, Little Women. A masterpiece. This movie is a mess. <laughs> Little Women, masterpiece. This movie, master mess. Master mess. Master mess. Horrible. Horrible. So we start out in the North Pole a couple years since the second movie, which is like 10 or 12 years since the first one. Right. Scott and his wife, Carol, are expecting a baby. And she's weeks to days away from having the baby. Obviously, she's going to be having the baby on Christmas Eve. Of course. This is a Christmas movie. So Scott comes up with the idea of bringing her parents up to visit for the holidays because she's been feeling neglected and alone and Scott's been super busy with work. But because Scott is Santa and her parents can't know, he and the elves devise a plan to make it seem like they're in Canada because they think he's just a Canadian toy maker. I don't understand the limits of Santa magic. What ends up happening at the end of the movie is he tells them because they are family. But I don't, I don't know why he doesn't like do that in the first place. Yeah, his ex-wife, Charlie's mom, and stepfather know. Yeah. And Charlie's half-sister. What, what's the issue here? Yeah, I don't know. I, they're like, we can't trust them? No, obviously you can. It's so confusing. It's, it's very confusing. At the same time, the Council of Legendary Figures, which is the one that has Father Time, Mother Earth... A very horny and terrible Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny's horrible. It's very upsetting. Cupid, you know, all the other ones, are convening because Jack Frost, played by a very manic Martin Short, was caught trying to co-opt the winter holiday season as his own because he's jealous of Santa and wants his own holiday, essentially. Sure. So they're meeting because they want to banish him from the council, but Scott and Santa doesn't really care (laughs) that, that Jack's doing this, and he agrees that... Jack can stay at the North Pole and help set it up as Canada as community service for his for his punishment instead of being banished from the council. I don't understand why they bring back this council of legendary figures. It's not particularly effective or fun in the second movie. Well, I kind of like the like weird lore behind it because it does play into the Tooth Fairy being involved in the second one. Yeah. And I like that Father Time is the boss from the first movie. Yeah, that's fine. And I've heard rumors that that is addressed in the Santa Claus TV show. Oh my god, I can't believe we're probably going to watch the Santa Claus TV show. (sighs) If we do a Patreon, it's going to be episodes for the Santa Claus TV show. Let us know if you want that, guys. Yeah, let us us know, because we will not be doing that for free. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting married. Weddings are expensive. (laughs) Yeah, so is time. Yep. So while Jack and the elves set up the North Pole, Scott goes down to get Carol's parents, who don't like him. They just, they hate him. Right. And while he's there, he also visits Neil, Laura, and Lucy, who all beg to come up to the North Pole for Christmas because they want to spend the holiday there and they've never been able to go there. It's weird, like, Neil and Laura are, like, on their hands and knees begging. (laughs) Like, please let us come to the North Pole. We really got to see it. We want to see it. Yeah, I don't understand why Scott is gatekeeping all of the North Pole. All of the elves seem to always enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's just because he's busy and doesn't know how to entertain people there. Mm. Well, he is Tim Allen. So he reluctantly agrees to let everybody come up. And with the help of the Sandman from the council, he puts Carol's parents to sleep and they all fly back to the North Pole. (laughs) So he drugs Carol's parents, (laughs) kidnaps them, and brings them to the North Pole to pretend that it's Canada. (laughs) <laughs> and the way that they pretend that this is Canada is like every somehow offensive. Every Canadian stereotype you can think of 
they have like signs for it. <laughs> There's like a store that's just called Bacon, Canadian a? Bacon. <laughs> Everyone says the word bag. Yeah. There's like hockey stores everywhere. Sure. It's, you know, it's absurd. So while this is happening, Jack is plotting a way to take over Christmas when he learns about the escape clause from Spencer Breslin, who's back and is the head elf in this one because Bernard is off. He's fine, but he's just no Bernard. No. Essentially, the escape clause kicks in if Santa is holding his magic snow globe and says, I wish I was never Santa at all. And then all of his time as Santa gets reversed like it never happened. Again, introducing time travel. Yeah. Beyond the, like, Christmas night time travel. True. Father Time, what's he up to? I don't know. Dicking around with the Easter Bunny. Yeah. So Jack has to find out where the snow globe is, and he follows Scott and Lucy to see Santa's Hall of Snow Globes, where Scott gives Lucy her own magic snow globe (laughs) that has her in it showing that she has warm, magical hugs. Chekhov's Chekhov's magic magic warm warm hugs. hugs. Sure. (laughs) And after they leave, Jack sneaks in behind them and steals Scott's main magic snow globe, which is the one he needs for the escape clause. Lucy catches him immediately, but then when she calls for her parents to help, Jack freezes Laura and Neil and locks them and Lucy in a closet. Can I say that you're reading this recap and it sounds better than it is? Like, while all of this is happening, it's all bad, guys. So, it's true. Like, this plot sounds, like, compelling, and it's just not. I mean, it doesn't sound compelling, but you know. It's not, because this could be a half an hour, like, TV episode. Right. And there is a 15-minute sequence with Scott and Lucy walking around Santa's workshop with Carol's parents, trying to explain off why he's not Santa, but just a regular toy maker, and all Canadians are short and have pointy ears. (laughs) And this is 15 minutes, and all the meanwhile, it Jack... Is, it is so long. Jack Frost is walking behind them, destroying machines as they go around. And it's not just, like, one machine he tinkers with, and then it's on to the next scene. You, you see him messing with, like, eight different machines. Also, Martin Short has never looked worse. Yeah. They have him with this light blue, ridiculous gelled hair. I, I don't understand how they got him for this. Famously, Martin Short and Tim Allen were in the 90s film Jungle Jungle together. Sure. As one is. It was a tough time for Martin Short, I guess, in the early 2000s, yeah, he was, late 90s. he was not doing much then. He wasn't doing much. Good for him now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. A anyway, nice little it, revival. All of this is so bad. It doesn't, it, it all lasts too long. Last week, I talked about how certain numbers in Jingle Jangle were like 10% too long or 15% too long. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things where it's like every scene, there's no cadence, there's no rhythm, there's no rhyme or reason to how long things should be. It felt like they were improving this. <laughs> It did feel like they were improving this, and I'm sure they did improv a lot of this. But like improving the plot. Yeah. It's wild. Anyway, go on. So with tensions already running high between Scott and Carol, because she's pregnant and he's super busy and they just have not have time to spend together. Sure. And now add in her parents to the mix and Jack Frost running around making everything go haywired. Scott and Carol have fully drifted apart because he's been so busy putting out literal fires that Jack has started culminating with their own Christmas tree falling over. 
So as Scott leaves to like go get some air, Jack follows him to comfort him. And Scott is so oblivious to what Jack has been doing because he's just so stressed. Right. And Jack gets him to say the magic words to enact the escape clause while he's unknowingly holding the snow globe. And he and Jack travel back in time to the original Santa Claus movie where Santa falls off the roof and Jack runs over to put on the suit instead of Tim Allen and he becomes Santa. And this is like the good 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. And I mean that. I'm like, okay, this is good. I like this. Yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah, it was a literal callback to the first movie, which is good. Yeah, we liked the first movie. We liked the first movie. We then time jump back to the present day where Scott is just a regular businessman working on Christmas Eve. He still remembers everything, but he is not Santa. And he tries to track down his family and goes to Laura's house to find that Charlie is like a rotten kid who hates them both. She and Neil have gotten divorced because basically Charlie hated Neil. And Carol moved away from the school district she was principal of because she never met Scott. Right. They still do have Lucy as their daughter. And she and Neil are up at the North Pole because Jack Frost has Disney-fied the North Pole and turned it into an amusement park for people to, people to come to. Which is a very weird amount of self-awareness from Disney where it's like, hey, we know we do this. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> So Scott somehow gets up to the North Pole. I guess he just flies there on a plane. And he finds Neil and Lucy. But they're both like, why are you here? And they're cold to him. Wink. Wink. In the North Pole, you say? Burr. Shiver. (laughs) It's cold in here. He then finds Jack Frost amongst the sea of patrons. And he gets him to say the magic words while he secretly records him with a pen. Which you clocked right away. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at this point. Uh, but Jack Frost doesn't realize that he's doing this. So then he has Lucy go and steal back the snow globe from this same hall of snow globes that I guess Jack Frost is using for some reason. And the two manage to use the escape clause Jack- and get Jack Frost to get escaped clause. And again, they jump back to the first movie. But this time, past Tim Allen puts on the suit and everything goes back to how it was. Right. So we jump back to present time. Everything is back to normal. And as it was, Scott goes to find Carol and he apologizes for everything. And he reveals to Carol's parents that he's Santa and that they're actually in the North Pole. Again, one of those movies where there wouldn't be any issues at all if the white man just communicated anything ever to anyone. Yeah. Lucy finds Scott to tell him that her parents are frozen and Jack refuses to unfreeze them because in order to unfreeze them, he has to thaw himself out for some reason. He only has freezing power. He can't unfreeze. Kind of like the snow miser in uh, You're Without a Santa Claus. Right. But there's no heat miser. Lucy goes and hugs him with her magic warm hugs and melts him down to a normal elf. It's unclear what sort of species Jack is. I don't understand. He still has pointy ears, so I'm not really sure. It's like the devil. Yeah. He's a fallen angel. I've talked about the devil a lot this season. I know. Lots of devil work. A lot of devil work. But then after he thaws out, Neil and Laura thaw out. Carol has the baby. They (laughs) name the baby Buddy. And it's a Merry Christmas for all. The end. Happy Christmas, everybody. I fucking hated this movie. This movie was so fucking terrible. It's real good. It's a really good flick. Highly recommend. No, don't even. 12 out of 12. (laughs) You heard it here first.
If you want to see Martin Short hamming about, I would I would I would recommend no other movie than this one. He's nothing, never never he's, he's never done a better movie than this one. There, there's nothing in the Martin Short catalog of work. No, nope. he's never better. he's never been funnier. <laughs> he's never been it's so attractive. He's never looked better. <laughs> he's never had a like a, a nicer, funner personality. He's just he's crushed. He's never met Steve Martin. He's at the, a better person he at, plays off of. He's at the top of his game. <laughs> I think we're gonna get sued for slander. <laughs> I, look, he'll probably get royalties if people watch this movie more. So mm. anyway, it's a perfect ending to a perfect trilogy. No notes. What are your notes? I have several notes. Yes. I'm gonna start with this one. Who are these movies for? I I always wonder this. And I, I, is it for the home improvement dads? This movie is like the tired comedy of like 80s, 90s male comedians who are like, huh, "Your in laws, am I right? Hey, 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 hey!" Like I. <laughs> That's your best Tim Allen. I I don't look. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Fine, I'm about to act up because you brought this up. We all know I can't do impressions, okay? This is a known thing. And every one of you 12 Days Pods listeners are always messaging Dan and being like, I love Dan. Dan is so funny. His Kermit impression is so spot on. Dan is such a wonderful person. Blah, blah, blah. And like, you think I don't know that? You think I'm not engaged to the person that I think is the greatest person of all time? Of course I know that. But I would just like to point out that I'm bringing the laughs. I'm bringing the hehehes. I came up with this podcast and I bring comedic relief constantly. And I wish someone, anyone, would maybe once talk about how funny I am. <laughs> okay, may I interject here? First off, <laughs> I talk about how funny you are constantly. Second off, no one is texting me or messaging me telling me how good I am on the show or how funny I am. They're just like, hey, Dan. I found these seven movies about Christmas. Let's watch them. You should watch those. And I just put them in our notes doc for future reference. Everyone's always like, Dan is so great. Maybe to you, but to me, they're just like... Well, I get crickets. Nobody's out here being like, wow, I'm so thankful for Kara's life. Is it because I've been making content on the internet since I was 19 years I, old and I'm giving I, it away for free? I'm going to I'm going to pause. Maybe. I'm going to throw a timeout on the field here. I want this I don't want this to be like you don't feel appreciated by anyone because <laughs> I am out here every hour of every day complimenting you it's showering true. you with it's praise true. it's you're very obsessed with me and i enjoy and it i don't lot. want this to be like oh dan and kara are airing their grievances on the podcast oh no <laughs> the engaged couple's already fighting no that's, that's not, not at what all we're what's doing happening. here kara's doing a bit because i have two friends that constantly text me <laughs> asking me to watch specific movies it's more than two but yes, it might also be my fault because I don't respond to text messages. You've never once been a message on Twitter or Instagram or a text. So who knows? Maybe we'll go through after. You know what? Why don't we do that right now? Let's put you on blast. Let's go to your, go to your Twitter DMs. Go to your text messages. Open anyway, them. See, see what sort of content you have on there. TLDR, Daniel Takaki is obsessed with me and makes me soup. And I am also obsessed with him. I just would like people to point out that I'm very funny a little more. Anyway, who are these movies for? Is it for a divorced dad? Because I don't get who this movie's for. Also, why are they so goddamn long? Make it 90 minutes. 
And, and look, I, that's my note for a lot of films. Was this not 90 minutes? No, this was like two hours. What? Yes. No shot. Yes. This movie was two hours long. This movie was an hour and 38 minutes. Well, it felt longer. This movie should be 72 minutes. <laughs> There's a good 20 minutes in the middle where we do go back in time and we get to see the original Santa Claus of this movie, the mm-hmm. Santa Claus one. Uh, and it gets very like, it's a wonderful lifey, the trope of like, what would it be like if you were gone? What would it be like if Kara wasn't out here doing bits and bops and bobbles and podcasts? Oh, it would be so sad, right? And that's good because that's a good trope. Everything else is so bad. I don't understand why that 20 minutes wasn't the whole 72 minutes that this movie should have been. It really does feel like that should have been the main focus of the movie. I will say, in my notes, that this movie has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is almost three times better than Decta Hall's, who has a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's accurate. An assessment that I agree with. Yeah. I think this movie is three times better than Decta Hall's. Yeah. If you've never listened to episode 23 of this podcast, it is our Deck the Halls episode, and it's the least we have ever enjoyed anything, literally ever. That's true. Same with the actors in that movie. (laughs) Yes, they've never been less happy. Uh, And so I'm going to end my notes with uh, three notes from three different reviews for this movie. Empire Magazine said, a little muddled and derivative, but what do we expect, really? (laughs) (laughs) The BBC said, Christmas cheer is in short supply in the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause. A feeble festive farce that's more of a no, no, no than a ho, ho, ho. Wow. Wow. Incredible. The Brits, am I right? And The Observer followed suit with a similar review saying, Santa's traditional cry of ho, ho, ho has never sounded more like three stab wounds of pain and horror. Wow. So those are my notes. How about you? Beautiful notes. Thank you. Okay. So my notes. Literally three things happen in this movie. Jack Frost takes over as Santa. Carol has a baby. I lied. Only two things happen in this movie. (laughs) We're also, we're at the point now where it is Christmas and it's the Christmas season. Yeah. And I have other Christmas movies I want to be watching. Like, I want to watch Last Christmas. Last night, I watched the Winnie the Pooh Christmas special. I want to watch... We watched the Winnie the Pooh Christmas special last night? I watched it. You <laughs> fell asleep. I was busy giving you compliments, and I had to do something while I was keep, keeping myself awake. I want to watch a Muppets Christmas Carol again. Yes. I want to watch... I was going to watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. I have things I need to do. Home Alone. You know? And instead, we're watching The Santa Claus 3. And is that on us for putting it off so long? Maybe. It sure is. (laughs) Do I hope and pray that we are done recording all of our episodes by August of next year? I sure do, because we have so much going on. But yeah, this movie left a bad taste in my mouth, and I'm like not thrilled about that. So I need to wash it out with some other Christmas movies. We'll watch Last Christmas again. People will listen to Last Christmas on 12 Days Pod. That is episode 14, Last Christmas. I literally gave you my heart. I love that movie. I didn't give it a great rating on this show, but it's fun to watch. I also thought I liked this movie more than The Santa Claus 2, but then you reminded me of what happens in The Santa Claus 2, and I was like, oh yeah, I don't like this. Yeah. Because the only thing I remembered from The Santa Claus 2 was the weird robot Tim Allen. I liked Martin Short more than the robot villain. So, positives. That's it. That's all you got. I didn't care for this movie. That's fine. Yeah, but... I would love to hear some fun facts about this movie, some trivia, some some fun little tidbits. What do you got? Some like 
director's commentary. Yeah. What did Tim Allen think of the filming of this I'm not movie? doing a Tim Allen segment. I refuse to do that. It, we don't have all day. Tool. There's too much information about Tim Allen out there. Tool time. <laughs> not doing it. I have some proper fun facts, so let's get into it. I clocked her right away. Spencer Breslin's sister, Abigail Breslin, appears as Trish, one of the elf students in Mrs. Claus's class. And we do see that Carol is a teacher in this movie, which keeps in line with the trilogy, but also with the Jessica Claus backstory Mm, from the claymations that we've seen. Right. So that's kind of lovely. There is some extremely odd Red Bull product placement in this movie. So it's called Red Deer Energy Drink Vending Machines. Mm -hmm. And they are not only a Santa-related parody on the well-known soft drink brand Red Bull, but they also are a tongue-in-cheek reference to Rudolph's red nose. How does that work? Because Red Bull is obviously like, I know what the Red Bull logo looks like without the words Red Bull on the logo. And this was very much like in the style of the Red Bull logo. Yeah. So does that, is that considered product placement if it's like an homage? Once again, not a lawyer. Uh, So. But you have most of an MBA. I do have most of an MBA. (laughs) So like, I would think marketing maybe. Like, what's your thoughts? I think that, uh, I think maybe they cover that in the last semester of the MBA program that I didn't go to. (laughs) Market, (laughs) covert marketing, (laughs) guerrilla marketing. During the first part of the movie, the North Pole is disguised as Canada, and there is a city called Red Deer in Alberta, Canada. Oh. So look at that. Cohesion. Cohesion. You know that thing that was consistently throughout this movie? Guerrilla marketing. Exactly. For some reason, it is falsely believed, you know how a lot of people have a lot of beliefs about this movie, that the film was shot in the Canadian cities of Vancouver, Calgary, and New Westminster. People were talking about it. They were like, oh, it had to be shot in Vancouver, Calgary. Can I guess where it was shot? Sure. On a set in LA? Correct. (laughs) The entire film was shot at Downey Studios in Downey, California. All suburban scenes were filmed on the studio backlot, which consisted of sets built for Christmas with the Cranks. Wow. Mm -hmm. Another Tim Allen movie, I think. Are we watching the Cranks next? year you know cranky with the cranks christmas with the cranks is one of those that's been on my like uh man we probably should watch that sure tim allen jamie lee curtis dan Aykroyd. okay stacked (laughs) when downey studios were closed and demolished in october of 2012 it has since been i think rebuilt in 2019 Uh so were the sets on this back lot okay as i mentioned earlier tim allen and martin short previously starred in jungle to jungle a movie that i owned on tape growing up for reasons i do not understand i think that movie's probably wildly offensive in retrospect i i can't imagine that has held up well no not at all let's talk about the fact that alan arkin is the father-in-law here yeah (laughs) it was strange alan arkin and little miss sunshine herself abigail breslin hanging out Having a great time. In this film, Alan Arkin plays a character that is tricked into believing that he is in Canada. Arkin would later appear in Argo, 2012, as the producer of a science fiction film that is used by the CIA to sneak six American embassy workers out of Tehran by passing the Americans off as Canadian filmmakers. Who doesn't know what Argo is about? I've mentioned Argo on this podcast several times. (laughs) Not everyone's out here watching Argo. (laughs) I guess. Argo is such a you movie. I understand Like, that. if you ask me to name, like, a movie that's like, yeah, Dan will probably like this. Argo is one of them. Yeah. And it's a great movie. It won Best Picture. Yeah. Right? But, like... <laughs> Vaguely historical and, like... You need to watch All the President's Men. You'll love All the President's Men. How many are there? <laughs> 
All right. All right. King of comedy. King of comedy. Dan and that's why Takaki. I get the text, baby. That's why he gets all the texts. <laughs> so I'm sure you're wondering, why was David Krumholtz not in this movie? I think we talked about this last time. Wasn't it scheduling? It's always scheduling. <laughs> I think we talked about that like on the season two recap and last episode. Always scheduling. Well, this is a David Krumholtz podcast we are stands yeah god do you think we could get him i bet we could get him for the pod no chance because he's in the santa claus tv show and what i've learned from the zeitgeist the reason that they give in the show of where he's been is apparently one day on like he took like an elf vacation and everything fell to shit no he fell in love with someone (gasps) and he got married and has been living away from gay married is he gay? No. Oh, damn it. No, it's not. <laughs> but he got married to someone, and because he's been away from the North Pole, he's aged. And so that's why when he comes Aww. back to the North Pole, he's older David Crumholtz. That's so romantic. Yeah. Anyway, that could be wrong, but I'm 90% sure that that's what happened. <laughs> David Crumholtz was originally going to reprise his role as Bernard, the former head elf, in a cameo appearance at the end of the movie when he arrests Jack Frost and joins the group hug. In the final cut, he retired before the film's event. And that scene got replaced by Jack Frost's redemption. So that was going to happen, but it didn't for reasons unknown. Uh-huh. He wasn't a large part of this movie because he had scheduling conflicts because he was on a TV show called Numbers that was filming at the same time. Oh, Numbers. I'm sorry, Num Threeers. <laughs> Num Threeers. Gotcha. And that's it for my fun facts. Wow. What fun facts. I know. Alrighty, folks. As we do every episode, it's time for our definitive ranking of this movie. Per tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, what would you rate Santa Claus 3? Gonna give this movie four calling birds. That's extremely high. <laughs> you think That's so? That's an extremely high ranking. <laughs> yeah, I think it was fine. My <laughs> rankings have too been too high. My rankings have been all over the place this year. I know. And you know what? That is what it is. I think next year I'm going to lean into everyone. I'm going to make a like a slot. Yeah. And you can only use it once. So yeah, I gotta maybe hold we out. Can, maybe we can play into that a little bit. We, it, that does limit the number of episodes we do mm. because we do more than 12 episodes every year. But we'll figure it out. We're, we're going to start recording right after this. So, yeah. like, we'll, we'll figure see what it happens. Out. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like the concept behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even give a reason as to why, but I feel like you got it. It sucks. It's not a good movie. No. I like the little bit when he's not Santa. I think yeah. that's kind of fun. Martin Short. Oof. <laughs> But better than... Better than Tim Allen Robot. There's a little bit less Tim Allen in this one than the one before, so... Take that for what you will. I wouldn't even say Santa's the main character in this movie. No. He's in the movie You know what it lot. is? There's not a lot of Earth in this. It's too much North Pole, yeah, almost. Yeah, maybe that's it's what it is. It's too much North Pole. I just love that you call it Earth and not, <laughs> and not like, Michigan. Never once have I thought about Michigan. It's one of my fatal flaws. I'm sorry to all our Michigan listeners. I can't even conceptualize Michigan. I can't conceptualize Maryland. And I lived in Maryland for a year. What do you What do you think? What are you giving this? I'm giving it two turtle doves. Two turtle doves? Yeah, it's a turd of a movie. Two wow. turtle dove turds. Wow. Yeah. It's not good. It's bad. Not it's good. It's a bad movie. We're not Tim Allen stands here. but like Certainly I, not. I get how he can be charming and like very appealing to a specific population Mm-hmm. But he's not. He, I, I almost feel like he's barely in this. Yeah, I agree. Like it feels like he's not in this, even though he's the main character. And I couldn't tell you who the main character is. It's the North Pole. Thank you so much for listening. We're only two days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this with your friends if they aren't already listening. And 
If you're not subscribed to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Overcast, on iHeartRadio, who featured us, shout out to iHeartRadio. We sure do iHeartRadio. We do iHeartRadio. Go ahead and hit that follow button. Why not? Before we go, we wanted to share a recent review that we got from a listener, Nikki Alley Snow. What's up, Nikki? Who titled her review, Better Than a Cup of Hot Chocolate. Yum, yum. She did not say yum yum, but I said yum yum. (laughs) She said, I'm so glad I found your podcast. You are both charming and delightful to listen to, including but not limited to your relaxing voices. Wow. Wow. I started with one episode and I'm now binge listening to the entire catalog. You most definitely have brightened my holiday season this year and Santa knows I needed it. I give you 12 drummers drumming. Thank you so much for making this podcast Let's be best friends. Let's be best friends. Let's do it, Nikki. See, there's somebody complimenting you. (laughs) Folks, leave us more reviews so Kara knows that you like her. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us this season. It's been a joy and a pleasure as always to hear from you and your thoughts on our takes and the movies we watch. We will be back again next October, and let's be honest, likely before, for season four. So look out. If you haven't listened to the Little Women episode yet, go on over and listen to us there. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.